Angels watching over me, my Lord. Yo. You don't pay any attention to what I just said. I have some new ones. These are my boots. Okay, right. So, uh, mercy. That throws me into a place and it discombobulates me because I have notes. <laughs> but those of you who have been around me, you know that. So, hi, RT. Hi, buddy. Haven't seen you in a long time. Come here. I, wa I want to know one thing. I've been here an hour and a half. Would you go to this much trouble to hear me? Yes, I have. <laughs> I have. Thank you. Well, since it's the season of repentance, I will consider that. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> There is, and the foyer, not the foyer, at the table, the corner back there. Hey, Jason, wave your hand back there, okay? So there's a whole bunch of books back there. It's the, my newest, The Discerner. And these are gifts for you. So on your way out, uh, prefer to have one per family. But however many are there, they are there to give away. And uh, these are gifts from myself and then also from a Whitaker house, from the publisher. We're not going to hand these out now, okay? They're to be given out when you exit so as to save time because we actually have got quite a few things that uh, we have yet to accomplish uh, here today. So anyway, this is my newest book, The Discerner, Hearing, Confirming, and Acting on Prophetic Revelation. The back of it has one of the best uh, definitions or statements of any of the 40-some books. I'll catch up with RT one day, and, and uh, you know, maybe I will, okay, in the number of books I've written. But uh, Satan's number one weapon is deception, but the church's number one need is discernment. And uh, I really believe that. So... I am in a, uh, I have to say, in a potpourri type place. I want to be able to uh, do a message that was advertised that I would do on about exposing deception, which I will do a tiny portion of, but also because of the prayer, but because of what's happened here in the city, because of what's happening in the region, I feel that it would be appropriate for me to... Um, have more than one target in a uh, focused period of time. So, Father, thank you uh, for your word, because we do come for an Acts 13 moment. We come for where prophets and teachers are brought together. We come where the leaders come to be set apart, sanctified, of the school of the word and the school of the spirit, making a declaration that we are for each other, not against each other. And we find our unity and our togetherness in that they sought the Lord, they worshiped, and they prayed and they fasted together. And then it says, and the Holy Spirit said. And we've all read that. So I'm pray, teach. I, it's almost like a seamless garment with me. So when one thing starts and another one ends, it, it just doesn't work that way with me. So I talk, I pray, and then I go back, and so just hang with me. So in Acts 13, one of the things I absolutely love is purity. Because here's what it says. It says, the Holy Spirit said. Now, it says that there are prophets and teachers that list five names, and I've done the study on the ethnic backgrounds of all those five different people. Uh, whether it's a Barnabas, and that's not his original name, and Joseph's a Cyrene, and, uh, and, and Saul, 
and et cetera. And they each came from a Greek background, from a, a Turkish background, from a northern African. Uh, one man is a black man, Simon is a black man for sure. And, and so, and we have a, uh, uh, a man who's a Jewish man who comes to faith in Jesus as a Messiah, and he becomes a Messianic Jewish prophet. And so uh, there is enormous diversity just in those five people that's brought together. So it is what the Lord wants to do in the body of Christ. Uh, years ago, Bob Jones used to warn us, prophet seer Bob Jones, about something that he called homo sexuality and that is where we would gather together and we would only come together with those that we were like and he referred to it as homo sectuality I am of Paul I am of whoever I'm Now, it's not wrong. It's right to be committed. We are parts of tribes. But when we only come together in that sense, in commonality, we breed weak eyes. The next generation is not bred with cross-pollination where opposites attract, and it creates strength. When we come together in that false form of unity, it creates an atmosphere. Instead of strength, it actually creates an atmosphere of weakness. Now, in Acts 13, there is something that's really amazing that happens. Diversity in unity brought together in humility, in worship, and sacrifice with prayer and fasting. And then it says this, and the Holy Spirit said. It could have easily been, and Barnabas said. It could have easily been, and Saul said. (laughs) Well, maybe not, because they were the ones whose names get named. It could have easily been any of the five. But what it said is this. And the Holy Spirit said. And what he said is extremely important. He said, separate. It's the first word that's recorded in the scriptures that the Holy Spirit said in the Antioch leadership moment. Separate. Unto me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work for which I've called them. This is so extremely important. Why am I using that instead of my teaching from the discerner? Because I believe it is a moment where perhaps we are here in Nashville, Tennessee. So if I was to, you know, work with, again, Acts 13, just a little more. It says, and the Holy Spirit said, what is that? What is distinct about that? It's purity. No man took credit. No man got honor. The Holy Spirit said. Now, how did the Holy Spirit say? It doesn't say, oh, the Holy Spirit said. Maybe they had dream workshop. And they all had pillows and laid down and they woke up and they compared notes. And the Holy Spirit in the composite, the Holy Spirit said. Maybe it was many, many tekelaparhand, and, and there was the finger of God that showed up, and they all read it and read, well, the Holy Spirit said. More than likely, maybe it was the external audible voice of the Lord. Maybe an angel showed up. It doesn't say. Maybe it was through a gift of the Spirit, through a clay vessel, and God opened their heart, deposited his word, and up and out of them, a bubbling forth, a gushing forth, a seer, a Nava prophetic anointing, it comes forth, and the Holy Spirit said, and when everybody left, they didn't say, wasn't it great what so-and-so said? What they said was this, and the Holy Spirit said, separate unto me. I believe that is what the Holy Spirit is saying. 
Now, many of us in this room have had the relational privilege and honor of being a friend with our statesman in this city of Michael W. Smith. Three years ago, I went to heaven. I didn't ask to go to heaven. I did ask to come back. But there will be a day when I will cross over and I will stay. But I've had three times now where I have gone and I've had orders I don't get to stay and I've been sent back. I'm on my fourth round, baby. Seriously. And one of those times three years ago, I had the Holy Spirit speak to me three and a half years ago about this particular gentleman. And he said something of this nature to me. He said, I'm going to bring my finger down in this city. And it will be an act of honor in behalf of a statesman of purity from this city to the world. Michael W. Smith. Now, there was a whole lot more that came to me than that. But that's something that the Lord spoke to me. He said he's going to bring his finger down that there would be a new youth movement that would occur in this nation. That his finger would come down. That it was going to be an act of honor in behalf of a statesman of what? Music. No. Worship. No. What he said to me was this. I'm going to bring my finger down in this city and I'm going to create a new youth movement. As an act of honor, God is into the culture of honor. In behalf of a statesman of purity. Isn't that fascinating? I could, you can tell when it's God and when it's you, because that's better than my thoughts. I could not have come up with that. In behalf of a Statesman of purity. Now, so that's something that was given to me three and a half years ago. It has shifted some of my alignments and how I spend my time and and some different things. Because there is something new that is happening. Oh, is it something new or is it something old being made new? Oh, get over it. I don't care. There is something new. And it's not centered around one person other than Jesus. But one of the things that the Lord is so jealous over is something called purity. Who can ascend to the hill of the Lord? But he who has clean hands and a pure heart. I happen to attend the belonging. I have now for the last three years. I didn't know anybody there as just God put me on assignment to be a guardian and an inter. I'm just being personal with you. I wasn't planning on saying this stuff. And so if you're offended at me, get over it because you have to. Okay, so, But you're not going to be offended at me because we are for this city. We're, 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 we each have different places on the wall. And we don't always, we're not always supposed to maintain that one same place all the time. Our roles, our assignments, they change. And you've got to have a flexible enough wineskin that you will change. And take on this new assignment. Because if you don't take on a new assignment, you're going to be stuck in an old assignment that somebody else is supposed to take the place that you've been holding. Come on. I'm starting to get my preach on. So isn't it pretty awesome that we've met at Belmont campus for all these years? And now guess where we're at? Some podunk joint in East, in East Nashville where people get stoned. 
Everybody gets stoned. Mickey told me. This is Mickey's fault. He told me in worship. He said, everybody gets stoned someday. <laughs> Whatever. Edit that stuff out, okay? But at least you know I woke up and I'm me now, all right? Okay. <laughs> Get stoned. I'm talking about this place is called One Stone. Do you realize when... Okay, let's just do a little comparison, parallelism. You know when you walk up these stairs and you see those columns and all that stuff? Does that remind you of any other lo- historic location in, you know, Music Row in Nashville? <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? And now we're here at an old place that's being made new that really isn't as concerned about its name, but rather becoming a fresh place where unity can occur, where House of Prayer could have a place to hang their hat, where healing ministries can have a place to hang their hat, and I'm not now like just trying to boy up one stone. No, I'm pointing out something. There is a place and there is a people where God commands a blessing. Do they always become the greatest, biggest? Maybe not. And maybe. But in God's eyes, I think they are. Because his view is different from ours. And so... We have a, a safe haven right here, right now, where healing ministries are finding each other and are declaring to one another, no competition zone. We have in the prayer movement that's something that's pure. And I can point out the different leaders, etc., as you can. But that's not what we're here for. We're here for the exaltation of the man Christ Jesus to cry out together in unity with purity for a unprecedented move of the Holy Spirit. And so there is beginning, and I've spent 21 years here myself, to where in the prayer movement, per se, I think that there's about the least amount of competition right now that I've seen in the 20-some years that I have been here in the prayer movement. I think that we have broken fathers who are coming together, I know the word I just used. I could say mothers as well, but I'm going by dreams that were given to me this morning. I'm acknowledging three spheres because of the dreams that were given to me. That's how God works with me sometimes. He showed me to make an announcement today. No competition. That a follow-up to surrounded is to be a remnant of leaders who make a declaration together. No competition is allowed. Now, why do I say that? Well, let me back up. I believe that we are in a Acts 13 moment. And one of the things that is an aspect of that Acts 13 moment is what? Purity. Because it said... And the Holy Spirit said, no man got credit for the gifts. No man got credit for the direction. The Holy Spirit did. And when I was contacted by our friend, the day after the uh, surrounded event, and it was an event, asked my discernment, my discernment on it. And I had, I'm a contemplator, I'm a chewer, I'm a ponderer. I have a brain, I think. (laughs) And I 
unequivocally have had one phrase that is stuck in me. And I believe it's a word that God is wanting to put like a seal over us in this region in this hour. And it is this, purity. I told Michael W., I have been a part of events, and Bob Perry, I think, called me then, then later that night or something. I believe that there have been gatherings, I ha- events that I have been a part of that have been more powerful in that sense with that breaker anointing. I think that there have been gatherings that have been in one way more national. I think that there have been other gatherings that have been maybe deeper reconciliation, perhaps. But I have never in my life participated in, in, in my time in Nashville, I have not participated in or witnessed something that was as clean as that gathering. Who can ascend to the hill of the Lord? But he who has clean hands and a pure heart. So I believe that we are in an Acts 13 clean moment that the Holy Spirit could actually say something. I got hit with bronchitis the other day and never had it before. And, and, uh, you know, see, God comes, but then when a birth does happen, according to Revelations 12, 9, there is uh, something who tries to come and to eat the birth. And so with that in mind, when there is progress, there also is then can be, I didn't say there always is, when there is progress and where there is, you be, we become a greater threat, then there also can be an assignment from the enemy to try to eat up that which has just been birthed. And you can read about that in Revelations chapter 12, whether you believe that that is a one-time literal event that has happened or is going to happen, or whether you believe that there's layers of interpretation, of which I frankly have come to that conclusion at this point in time in my eschatology. Okay, big subject. I believe that what we have just experienced, and we are experiencing And it would be God's will that we would continue to experience. Is an unprecedented time in my history in this city. Of an atmosphere. Of purity. I will now stretch what I have said and make it even larger. Because I have framed that very carefully to say. In my 21 years in Nashville, I don't believe I have participate, witnessed or participated in anything that has been more clean. It was the cleanest event that I have participated in. But I will now take it further and say, and in my 66 years of walking with Jesus all my life, having been a part of the Shepherds Conference, oh, Jesus, have mercy, rebuke that. Okay. <laughs> Or go to a word of faith with Kenneth Hagin. Or the 1979 charismatic conference and renewal in the Christian churches with 50,000 people. Or the call in Nashville, which was the first stadium event that was filled with 70,000. And all of my being a part of the beginnings of Intercessors for America, praying and fasting the first Friday of every month, every year. The Jesus People Movement on it, the Charismatic, the Third Wave, being of John Wimber and Paul Kane and Mike Bickle and on and on and on. I have had the incredible honor, people, of seeing movements get birthed that shake the world and shake the church 
We are in such another moment. My discerner says we are in such another historic moment. My discerner says we are in such another historic moment. I was there in meetings with revivalist Rodney Howard Brown. I got prayed for more than once, just like Randy Clark did. I was so raw, hungry. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere. (laughs) Concerts of prayer, Luis Palau, the Billy Graham, the this, the that. The World Congress on Evangelism, speaking in Bogota, Colombia, you know, the, what has been the largest church in the Western Hemisphere, on, 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 on. I have been so incredibly honored to not only pray into, but to witness with my own eyes. In this particular season of my life, the Holy Spirit has called me to be a caveman. I love being out on the frontier. I love being a forerunner. I I miss it. Degree, okay. That's not right now a season that he has me in, because he has me in a season of being a caveman again. You say what? Well, let me give you another story and. We'll see how far we can get before we go to the next important thing. Some of you know of Lou Engle, and you remember the first call. Anybody here that was at the first call, D.C.? You're survivors, aren't you? Well, I was part of the prayer team that was before the public prayer team. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me back those years ago. What was that, 2001 or something? 2000, okay. And he speaks to me, and I get hold of Cindy Jacobs, and he said to me, I want you to gather 50 prophets the day before the call in D.C., and I want you to pray on the steps of the Supreme Court building. Uh huh. I'd like to talk into that one because I've had dreams about where we're at right now and where we could be headed there, too. We know in part, we speak in part, we prophesy in part, but we better prophesy our parts. And so I turned to Cindy Jacobs, who was one of my new compadres. And I turned her and said, the Lord told me that I'm supposed to help gather, I'm to gather, blow a trumpet and to gather 50 prophets to pray at the Supreme Court steps the night, the day before the call. In D.C. And Cindy looked at me. And she can do this because she my sis. And she said to me. says, You don't even know 50 prophets. (laughs) 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 And I got back in her face. And I said I do too. And I was hoping I did. And she looked at me, bulldog. I love that lady, by the way. She has my back. So if some of you like do something naughty, I just sick her on you. Okay, <laughs> bam. <laughs> I have my warring sisters. Yeah. Okay. Keep moving forward, dude. Okay. All right. Okay. So Lord spoke to me together. Fifty prophets stand on the Supreme Court, the steps of the Supreme Court. The day before. And I turned to I said, Cindy, I need your help. She said, okay. He said, you gather them, I'll lead them. We each have different roles. You gather them, I'll lead them. I did. My wife and I, we gathered 50 prophets. Not just people of prophetic ministry. 50 prophets. We prayed at different sites. We culminated the day before, the night before, on the steps of the Supreme Court building. Why do I say that, all this? 
is because, you see, what happened was the Holy Spirit said to me, Obadiah. And they go, yeah, uh uh-huh, the guy with the little book. He said, I want you to read about Obadiah. I said, yeah, the guy with that little book. And he says, no, I want you to read Obadiah. And I go, yeah, the guy with the little book. And he goes, I want you to read about Obadiah, 1 Kings 18. And I'm going, there, I've read that chapter how many times I've preached it around the world. There is no Obadiah in 1 Kings 18. Until I read it again. (laughs) And he knows the word better than I did. And I didn't know there wasn't this other Obadiah. Cave men. 1 Kings 18, verse 3. And Ahab called Obadiah, who was over the household. Now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. He said, I want you to be Obadiah. Read the guy. Read Obadiah. Yeah, the guy of the little book. No. Read Obadiah. 1 Kings 18. Really? Ahab called. Ahab did. Ahab called Obadiah who was over the household. Now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. And when Jezebel destroyed the prophets of the Lord, Obadiah took a hundred prophets and he hid them by fifties in caves and provided them with bread and water. Jezebel wasn't the only one who fed the prophets. Obadiah did. And Obadiah gathered them and hid them. And the Holy Spirit asked me a question. He said, when Elijah was doing his ministry in the public, what was was Obadiah and the prophets doing in the caves? Well, I read it and I read it and I read all through it. And it doesn't say. It says in verse 13, Has it not been told to my master what I did when Jezebel killed the prophets of the Lord, that I hid a hundred prophets of the Lord by fifties in a cave, and I provided them with bread and water? And then we know what happens about, you know, Dutch sheets and Lewingle take on the prophets of Baal. And Dutch Sheets at the call 7707 gave an international, national-leveled apostolic teaching word about divorcing Baal from this city, which we are still walking out. We need to know our history. We each have different roles that we play. I'm called, I've been called back to the cave for a while. I'm a caveman. I'm, I'm not as visible. It's all relative. It's all like, you know, what you're used to, okay? But I'm a caveman, kid. And there's a little bit of me that wants to go, oh, crap. That means I'm not on the platform. I'm not on the program. I'm not, oh, you mean you're getting addicted to, hmm, how about doing some detox? How about get back to the cave? How about let's do a Psalm 91? The secret place. Not that I ever left it, people. I'm just rehearsing something because God wants me to give honor to people who do not give honor. Get honor. They're called cave dwellers. What did Obadiah and those prophets do in those caves? When Elijah was having his public victorious ministry, I don't know. I think they were praying. I think they were warring. I think they were ministering unto the Lord like in Acts 13 and the Holy Spirit said. So I'm trying to bring us a picture frame. Then it all matters. What you do, Peggy, matters. It matters. What heart seek does matters. 
sink. I've had two RTFs. I don't know how many sozos. And some of you still are trying to get me to be more integrated than I am. (laughs) Quit it. God likes me to have multiple personalities. (laughs) Okay. That's me. Because there's another one who lives inside of me. I don't know what my enneagram is or whatever that thing is. Some say I'm a two, another say I'm a four. Some say I have a wing of a seven. I don't know. I know this. In Christ, I can do all things. And if he calls me to the platform to be a breaker, I'll go to the platform and I'll be a breaker. But if he calls me to cease to resign from 20 boards, either being a director or an advisor, which I've done in the last year. I don't mean I don't like those people. I love them. But I've resigned from the Caleb. I've resigned from... I've resigned from... i resigned from... My relationships are all still intact. Now, I've, I've done... I'm, because I got to be before him. Because birthers are in a birthing room and it's called a cave. And they help birth things that then become visible and public before man. Do I go through test of security and my identity? You bet I do. At 66, I've been in full-time vocational ministry for 44 years. Yeah, I still do. I gain a reputation and I have to lose it. Yes. How about you? Yes. How about that, RT? I not doubt that you've ever gained a reputation and had to lose one. <laughs> I'm just, I know it's, we, it's our journey, right, Larry? Larry, it's our journey, Right? And we've got to learn to become content at whatever grace it is that he gives us in that moment. When my wife went to heaven 10 years ago, this September, I made a choice in the book of Philippians. And you know what it is? That I was going to be content in whatever state I was in. That was my goal. And that is still my goal. Because if I wouldn't, okay, let's let's just get real, a little more real. Okay, and you know our time's about up, and I haven't even gotten to where I want to get to. But what's new about that? <laughs> okay, no, my my goal is to be content. And if I'm content, I can qualify for whatever it is that He wants, whatever new that He would bring. So, thank you. So Obadiah hid prophets in caves by 50. And Obadiah, the guy with a little book, behind the scenes helped the Elijah of his day succeed. But Elijah's success was their success. And Obadiah and the prophets by fifties and Elijah with the victory over Jezebel eventually through a next generation multiplication anointing with a Jehu. Because he ended up fathering. And he received such an enormous call on his own life that he could not fulfill it with his own life. They had to, help, had to help raise up others. And he didn't raise up only an Elisha. He anointed three in his place. It's another huge subject. So, you can be a discerner. You can discern the times and the seasons. You can know your place and do your part. A three-chord strand will not quickly be torn apart. And I 
want to try to summarize these scattered thoughts to say that in dreams this morning, I was shown three strands that I was to declare that there would be no competition. It'd be those in the healing ministries. So I'm not going to just call out certain ones because I don't know everyone. I know the entire Restoring the Foundations national team is here today with Lee and Cindy Whitman. I know that HeartSync is here. I don't know if any of the representatives from the healing rooms are here. Praise the Lord. I saw in the dream this morning three strands. I saw HeartSync, healing rooms, and RTF. I want all of you to stand, please. Yeah. I just want people just to, you know, just lay hands on them or stretch out your hand to them. Because this is, I'm now moving into a prophet, prophetic act from dreams. Because I had three strands that were identified to me this morning. And one was to start with the healing anointings, teams. And that there would be representatives from HeartSync, from the healing rooms, and from restoring the foundations. And we are to simply receive them and bless them. And we, can we do that? Would you receive diversity of healing anointings in Nashville, Tennessee? Would we as a remnant of leaders welcome diversity in healing anointings in, Nash- in greater Nashville, Tennessee? Would we as leaders in Middle Tennessee welcome and receive diversity of healing anointings? And if so, just say amen. Amen. Now I pronounce over healing streams. I declare no competition zone in Jesus' name. There is a no competition zone in Nashville and in Middle Tennessee in the healing streams. They will be diverse, but they will cooperate together and there will be a Holy Spirit syncretizing, bringing together of a convergence and the healing anointing will grow, grow, grow and increase in this region. And people will come from the nations to get healed in Nashville, Tennessee. Okay, you, those can be seated. Because I have three. I want the prayer streams. Stand and wave your hand. You're part of the prayer streams. It could be. Nashville House of Prayer, Worship City Prayer. It could be the Reformation Prayer Network. It could be Heartland Apostolic Network. It could be End Time Happenings. It could be Intercessions for America. It could be, it could be, it could be local church. If you are a participant, Larry, you are part of IFA. You need, I know that, but would you please, I know. And if somebody needs to hold you up, hold him up, okay? I mean, if you are engaged as a watchman on the wall, wave your hand so we can see. Now, the rest of you, who some of you could be standing. Sharon, you need to be standing. Now, some of the rest of you, you could be standing, I know. But I want you to go, and if you would do the same thing, and just bless these people. David Fitzpatrick, would you please stand if you're still here? Because you're a caveman. And we're going to bless them right now. It's going to take me about five more minutes to accomplish this and then I'll turn it over. But in the dreams this morning, I saw three categories that I was to recognize, to give honor to, and to make a pronouncement over. And so I declare in the name of the Lord Jesus that we receive these prayer warriors. We receive the watchmen on the walls for such a time as this. We recognize and celebrate diversity of intercessions for America. 
We celebrate the call in the name of the Lord of hosts. We celebrate Worship City Prayer and Nashville House of Prayer and the 13 or more different houses of prayer in the region. We recognize and we cooperate with the Reformation Prayer Network, the Heartland Apostolic Prayer Network, and we recognize and we honor end time handmaidens and a glow international and all of the translocal expressions of networks. And we recognize the in-house intercessors, the local church intercessors. And I declare over you, now I want, I'm going to ask them just a question. Do you receive in greater Nashville, Tennessee, these worshiping warriors and these warring intercessors, do you welcome them and do you embrace them and do will you encourage them to keep on doing their job? If so, say amen. amen. Over these networks and as a leader in a global prayer movement. October 2nd, my next book is Praying of God's Heart. In May 2019, the next one is Prayers That Strike the Mark. I love this stuff, folks. I declare... (coughs) I declare, as a dream this morning told me to acknowledge and give honor to the healing ministries... And the dream this morning has told me to honor and to recognize the prayer warriors. I declare you are cave dwellers who make history before the throne of Almighty God. And every prayer matters. And you have the authority to be an Aaron and a Her in this generation to help raise up the hands. Of fathers and mothers on the hill. So that there will be a joining of the generations. That a millennial generation will arise with Joshua and Caleb's in the field for such a time as this. And so I declare over the prayer movements. We declare we are one. We declare we are for each other. We declare we want there to be a new level of purity. That when one local church grows, we all grow. When healing breaks out in one place, healing breaks out for us all. Where fasting occurs with one group, fasting is occurring for us all. So I give you honor. I encourage you, and I make a pronouncement over the regional and national prayer movements. I declare, no more competition allowed. I have a third category. I could expand this, but I'm going to stay to what I was given. It's fathers. You guys know that I'm a cheerleader and a champion for women in ministry and leadership. But what the Lord showed me this morning was fathers. I was shown three particular fathers in a dream this morning, not knowing if they would be here. What I'm about to say is for them, but not only for them. But I had three dreams this morning about Phil Dillingham. Now, I honestly hardly know. I've never had really a one-on-one with this dear man, but I had three or four dreams. I kept waking up out dreams, and every time I'd see you on a motorcycle, I, and the Holy Spirit, each time I would have a dream, I would wake up, he would speak like an attribute to me that he loves about you. He likes about you. He likes the way you love the world. Now, that sounds crazy. God likes the way you love the world. You're in the world, but you're not of it. But he loves the way you love the world. And I saw you at Glenelium. You're a biker, dude. And yours is like free willing. And God just loves that about you. 
I saw you as a mentor in another dream this morning. I saw you as a mentor to the next generation. I had another dream where I saw you in brokenness. I saw some man that was sitting right here. Where'd he go? You. Oh, you. Hi, you. Yeah, you. Hi, Ray. I saw Ray in a dream this morning. I saw that God wanted to give honor to someone who feels like he's in a cave. But the Lord still acknowledges that you are a teacher of teachers. And there will be a fresh start where you are going to gather younger men. And you're going to teach younger men. You're going to mentor younger men. And even though there has been an attack that's come against even that call. As close as you can get. The Lord just wants you to know that the enemy only comes against that which is a threat. And he does not come against that which is passive. And so I just call you back up. And I call you to mentor young men. I call you to be a Paul as a father in this generation who will disciple men who will disciple men. And so I saw three white-haired men this morning in a dream, and I saw you right there at the black shirt. What's your name? Yeah. Don, why don't you stand? Don Crossan. Now, there's other fathers here, but I got to do what I saw in the dream. So I declare over you, mentor, mentor, mentor. I declare a mentor of brokenness. I declare that there is Psalm 24 that is written over your life. Who can ascend to the hill of the Lord? But he who has clean hands. And you have learned how to get toxins out of the body. Where people put their own name tag on everything they do. And you are so far removed from that. That you will only put your hand to that which has got an engraving on it that says. It's a clothing line, by the way. It's called a robe of righteousness. And it says, W-H, holy his. And you're going to help raise up. You've been doing it. You're going to continue to do it. And I speak that over these three fathers, but not exclusively over them. But I speak over these. Mentor. Broken leaders who will take no credit, but give the glory to God. Now, I want fathers to stand. Mickey, I want you to stand. RT, you stumbled in here. That's so awesome. Sir, I don't know what. What is your name? Paul. Paul? What? Paul. Paul, Well, that's just awesome because I saw you in a dream this morning too. I don't don't know you, but 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 you carry internal integrity. That that's just one of the greatest attributes that is about you. Is that I I would just say this to you: We see in part, we know in part, we prophesy in part. But I want to tell you that you are a man who can be trusted. You can be trusted with finances, by the way, and there is going to be an opening that's going to occur and a revenue stream of finances is going to come unexpected to you because the Lord trusts you. And I see a respite type retreat type uh, aspect where you're going to be a part of of a company of people who are going to restore fallen leaders in Jesus name. And so. Anybody else who, you are a father, and I know I could say mothers, I know that. But I, God, by dream, said to call forth the fathers. Another white-haired man just showed up named Ricky. Praise God. Now, I want you to go to these fathers right now and just lay hands on them. Jerry, this is, and, and, and we got another white-haired man right here. Okay, so please go to them. And if, if it's you and you got no hair, it's okay. Like me. Okay. Wave, wave your hand until someone's come to you. If you're standing for that, wave your hand. I need somebody to go back there to Mark. I need somebody right here to, to go to this guy in the red shirt. Okay. Move. 
Okay, I need somebody to come right here. Right here. This guy right here. Okay? All right. And I'm just going to release this prayer declaration. We receive these fathers of diversity in this region and in this city. It will not be said of this city, they were a fatherless generation. I declare the very opposite will be and is true concerning this region. This is a region that carries the father heart of God. And this is a region that will no longer be a say unsafe haven for the orphan spirit. Uh-uh. We dislodge the orphan spirit by releasing the father's blessing. Diversity. Mentoring. Mothers, yes, but the Lord said to me in a dream this morning, I want you to announce it's Father's Day. Because it's the hearts of the fathers that will be turned. So we bless you fathers. We thank you for the diversity. And I release a declaration over this because folks, I don't know, because I do travel I am exposed to what happens in other places, in other cities, in other nations. And I want you to tell it to you, look, open up your eyes and look around and see the number of diverse, integrous fathers that are in our midst. Open your eyes and look at the diverse, broken, trustworthy fathers. And I declare there is no competition zone amongst the fathers in this city. We are for each other. We cheer for each other. When there is a breakthrough there, it's our breakthrough. Where there is a reconciliation here, it's our reconciliation. Where there's apostolic teaching here, it's our apostolic teaching. Where there is a breakthrough here, it's our breakthrough. Because we put aside petty. (laughs) We put aside petty competition. Nitpicking. Accusation. Aligning with the accuser of the brethren. And we put on... An X-13 garment. And the Holy Spirit said. And out of the womb. Where fathers come together in unity. There will be an apostolic sending. There will be a new X-13 moment. Where healing and prayer. An apostolic convergence creates a new womb, a fresh womb for multiplication of new births and apostolic sending. And it will affect the entire governmental structure of this state. It will touch every aspect of the governmental mountain in this state. There will be a prison reform that is going to come into this state. There will be yet to where Tennessee, where they volunteer freely. It will be not the place that they run to for abortion. It is going to be the place that they run to for life. Because there's going to be, as it were, new adoption laws. And that spirit of adoption, instead of the orphan spirit... And so I declare blessing, blessing, blessing over these fathers in Jesus' name. Amen. You can take a seat.